Welcome to the Fod Eater Fod Path. <laughs> Hello, all. Froth here, Fod Eater Podcast. Hope y'all are having an awesome week. Um, thanks for listening. I, you know, I got to tell you, more so than any of my other blog or podcast series that I've been doing, uh, I have been looking forward to Wednesday because. Wednesdays is when I do my hump day blogorama, basically discussing all kinds of awesome stuff that I saw on a variety of different role-playing game blogs over the week, and I've just been having an awesome time doing it. Um, the research, so to speak, is just fun, uh, just clicking a million different things, reading it, checking it out, and trying to compile some cool stuff to share with you, so um, anyway... I got some uh, voicemails on my last uh, hump day blogorama, so I thought I'd start with those and share them with you real quick. Hey Jeremy, this is Larry with Follow Me and Die. Just listened to your latest episode. Glad to hear you mention Dwarven Automata and the Time Tracker. Uh, I play played in the uh, Wednesday night AD&D game on Roll20 with john carlson the author of that he's also got a module based on the first adventure in the campaign that is a lot of fun it's got some twists and doesn't reveal any spoilers for the players so uh and i've written about that quite a few times on my blog so glad to hear he's getting some mention hope you can check out some more of his stuff Thank you, Larry. Uh, that was Larry Hamilton, y'all. He does the Follow Me and Die blog as well as the podcast. Um, he's got some really cool stuff up on Drive-Through that is usable with a lot of different fantasy games and just a generally a nice guy. Um, I'll definitely check more of his stuff out. I love the time tracker, so thanks for calling in. Uh, then we got some stuff about the second edition D&D book smell, which I was glad to hear hear somebody respond to hey it's shane so yeah this second edition books totally have a smell to them i don't know why uh but it i i think you're right it might be the glue um mine are so old now they've actually the pages have yellowed on the sides of the books that's kind of nifty and they do smell differently i think they they all smell the same but they don't smell like they did when i got them on christmas morning so um yeah, i miss second edition oh. <laughs> cheers shane ward there from gilligan's isle of add uh good podcast and uh yeah man <clears throat> something about the smell my theory is the glue but i could be wrong uh let's see and we got one more about frontier space Hey man, it's Cody with the No Safe For You podcast. I was um, just catching up on your most recent episode and you were talking about the Frontier Space and I have to say it has the best um, ship-to-ship combat system that I've seen in any science fiction game and I've pretty much played them all. Um, so yeah, I would definitely say check it out sooner rather than later. Um, I've played in two campaigns with it. One was like a mini campaign, like six to 12 sessions. And the other one is technically still ongoing. We just haven't played in a bit. But um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I think you should take a look. All right, catch you later. Cody M. there from the No Save For You podcast. 
That is awesome to hear because it seems like in sci-fi games that sometimes is like the one mechanic that you most look forward to, you know, starship combat, but that doesn't quite work right. So um, I'll definitely be checking out Frontier Space. Um, any listeners that are curious, that's put out by DWD Studios. They also do some other cool hacks. They do White Lies, which is kind of a modern espionage OSR game. Um, bare bones fantasy, which I'm not familiar with, but I've seen uh, some people talk about before. So I know that they, uh, really worked to keep star frontiers alive, uh, over the years. And, um, so I'm imagining frontier space has some influence from that, but I'll definitely check that out. You know, what, um, it seems like the first thing that comes to mind is like old D six star Wars where, um, the, ship combat kind of emulates, you know, person to person combat. And it just never quite felt exactly right to me. And I think one of the challenges with doing, um, you know, starship, whatever spaceship combat can be, uh, you know, there's so many people trying to do different jobs and how to handle everybody at the table, having a part in it and still have it kind of make sense and feel right. So, I'll definitely be checking that out. So thanks for uh, pointing that out to me. So, yeah, um, you know, there's so much awesome stuff that comes out every week on uh, various RPG blogs. It's not like a stream of content. It is like a torrential downpour of awesomeness. So I've got a ton of stuff set aside here to talk to you all about. So I'm going to get right to it. Um, if previous listeners know, I've kind of, fallen into the habit of starting with some maps. I'm, uh, you know, just addicted to RPG maps. If I see a cool one online, I'm downloading it to my phone. I'm emailing it to myself. I'm filing it away and saving it. So I've got something really special for you today, especially if you are a Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition fan, if you are running or preparing to run some of the water deep stuff, particularly dungeon of the mad mage, there's a site here, uh, is not an easy one to sound out, I'll have to spell it for you, but it's nilsonsiren.se, that is n-i-l-s-s-o-n-c-y-r-e-n.se. Go to that blog, on the left hand column you'll see download RPG maps, go ahead and click there, and this person has put up uh, a bunch of maps for the Waterdeep stuff. Now. Dungeon of the Mad Mage is awesome. The cartography is awesome. I love Tim Harton's stuff. I've mentioned his paratime.ca site on here before. You go over there, download those Friday freebies he puts up, and you'll have just a bunch of awesome old school Dungeons and Dragons maps. Now, a lot of people like to play 5e with minis and uh, grids. And um, so, you know, the maps are in the old school style, so it's one square is 10 feet, so they're not really made for that. Now, they're perfect for the Dungeon of the Mad Mage book because, I mean, the maps are massive. You could never just print, you know, full-scale battle maps in a book like that. But for people that like to play on Roll20 or other virtual tabletops or want to have certain scenes where they can print them out for their home game, you go over there to that nilsonsiren.se 
Uh, click on the download RPG maps link and he has got full-scale battle maps for the first uh, five levels of Dungeon the Mad Mage put up. And he seems to be adding these new levels every, you know, between one and two weeks. So you're in luck if you're just getting started. You know, they should be adding up well in time for you to get to them uh, when your group gets there. He also put up some uh, battle maps for uh, Dragon Heist too. The Dragon Heist ma maps in the book are incredible. Dyson Logos have followed him for years. Really nice guy and uh, does a lot for D&D uh, &D OSR people in general. Um, making his maps available to be used. And the maps are great. Again, they're not all scaled, though, to uh, use for map, for, you know, for minis. Uh, so if that's something that's important to you, you, you can ha uh, take a look at these that are scaled out um, for that purpose. So definitely check that out, especially if you're running 5e with minis. But even if you're not, you just need, a, you know, huge kind of mega dungeon size maps for your uh, Roll20 game. Go over and check that out. Also on the mapping front, over at goblinshenchman.wordpress.com, goblinshenchman.wordpress.com, they have got up uh, a post called Interesting Maps of Underwater Cave Systems. And this reminded me of a blog post that I did a while back called Googling uh, for, for, for Floor Plans. And what my post was about was just searching for old, you know, real-life, temple floor plans or churches, castles, even hotel uh, schematics or whatever for, for modern games. And just by Googling around for you know real maps, you can find a lot of inspirational stuff, stuff you can use in your games. And um, this was kind of about that. It's showing these real maps of underwater cave systems that uh, are, actually exist. And it is this incredible variety of mapping styles. There are color isometric ones, there are um, side views, uh, perspective, there's one that's just unbelievably cool that's got both a bird's eye and then certain parts are kind of highlighted and um, taken off to the side to kind of show uh, different perspectives on how they work. So if I was ever going to uh, come up with a um, underground adventure or I was doing research for something like that or just wanted a cool map that I could use for a cave um, adventure uh, with multiple systems. You'll definitely want to go and check this out. It's pretty awe-inspiring, and it just shows again that uh, you know sometimes real-life stuff, real-world uh, cartography can really uh, be inspiring or just be really useful. So goblinshenchman.wordpress.com. Check out that interesting maps of underwater cave system posts. Finally, uh, on the mapping front. I thought I would mention a post I saw over at batandtheattic.blogspot.com. This is Rob Conley's blog, and um, he is a really well-known cartographer in a lot of different circles. Um, he's got several good products. He did a D&D um, a, a &D 4E couple of books called Points of Light and Points of Light 2. They don't have any mechanics in them, so you can use them with any system. He also did uh, uh, Black Marsh. Which is another, uh, which is a free, cool um, hex crawl that you can use with a lot of different games. Anyway, um, he, he's probably best known um, for stuff that he's done for Judges Guild, um, uh, redoing the city state, 
of the Invincible Overlord maps for their Kickstarter that I know ran into trouble, but the, the, the maps at least got completed and are up for sale. But um, anyway, the reason I wanted to mention his post is, you know, they say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. I don't know if that's true, but as far as learning to use uh, cartography software and stuff, I'm definitely an old dog, something I'm never going to do. But I realize that some people that are listening to this might um, like making their own maps, might be really good at the software, or might be trying to get started on it and have no idea which software to choose. And so I would uh, go over to Rob Conley's batintheattic.blogspot.com, look at his post uh, this week called Let's Talk Maps, and he goes into a little bit of detail about various different mapping software with some of uh, his thoughts and how they work and things like that. I just thought it was something, since I do talk about maps at the beginning of of these um, shows, that it might be something interesting um, for cartographers to look at. So head over there and check that out. So switching gears, um, you know, I think every GM over time kind of develops a bucket list of different campaign ideas they want to eventually get to or campaigns they want to run. One of those for me is uh, Warhammer's Warhammer Fantasy's Enemy Within campaign. I think uh, next to maybe Call of Cthulhu's Mask of Nyarlathotep, it is one of the campaigns most mentioned when um, when you talk about classic, epic, um, unbelievable uh, works of art. Really, so um, I one of the first books I bought with my own money was uh, Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay First Edition way back when, and um, over at Awesome Lies Blog wordpress.com awesome lies blog wordpress.com uh this person gideon man they have done such an incredible service to the world with uh what they've put up here they they have put up a new post about their enemy within companion this is a huge um resource for people that are getting ready to try to run this campaign uh, it goes into detail about every aspect of it to help you run it. And um, it uh, is downloadable for free there. Uh, Cubicle 7, which does the new Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay 4th Edition, has re- uh, re-released the original 1st Edition Enemy Within campaign stuff on uh, drive-thru. And uh, this is stuff that was you know only available through expensive exorbitant prices through uh you know collectors or whatever um for years now you can get it really affordable revisit it and this is what you would call a must-have tool if you're going to do that you can also check out this uh on this site um just a whole bunch of links for the enemy within and it includes more modern stuff uh, from the 2018 Gen Con seminars. Graham Davis, one of the original um, designers of the enemy, uh, parts of the Enemy Within campaign, talking about it and talking about uh, Warhammer uh, uh, um, Cubicle 7 rather's plans for revisiting the cam- campaign with the new 4th edition rules. So if you are a uh, Warhammer Fantasy fan, you probably already know about this, but if not, get over to awesomelies.blog.wordpress and check that out immediately. 
Another site I definitely want y'all to check out is monsterbrains.blogspot.com. This is an incredible um, resource for historical monster art uh, that this person has tracked down, scanned, edited, cleaned up, and it is uh, stuff from the 1800s, early 1900s, all kinds of different time periods, and it is uh, weird, it is dark, it is cool, it is unique, and you could just scroll through this thing for hours looking at it. Unbelievable. Um, can't recommend it enough. If you uh, if you have a, some time to spend and, and look at this stuff, it is just, I mean, you just got to go check it out. Monsterbrains.blogspot.com and check out some of the monster art on there. Unbelievable. Uh, also, you know, I've mentioned before my love for Greyhawk. Greyhawk is kind of having a resurgence right now. Um, you know, there's a lot going on. Uh, the Greyhawk channel does a lot of streaming games. So there's you know whole new generations of, of, of uh, D&D fans that are playing in Greyhawk and learning the lore. Um, and, uh, everybody knows about Anna Meyer's unbelievable cartography, um, that they're doing. That's just, you know, breathtaking. You go over to greyhawkonline.com and they have kind of redone the, um, the site there and cleaned it up, giving it a new look and feel, um, recently. And so it is a lot easier to kind of find things. They've got the, the earth, or OITH journal links up there. Um, they've got links to the Greyhawk channel, Discord chat, comics about Greyhawk, blogs about Greyhawk, maps, a wiki, everything you could possibly want. So if you like Greyhawk, go to greyhawkonline.com. Just be prepared to spend a lot of time. If you, if you uh, don't know anything about Greyhawk, just heard about it or saw a show where they're playing it and want to learn more about it, go to greyhawkonline.com and uh, check that out. Lots of cool stuff there for any Greyhawk fan, uh, which led me to mention uh, the Greyhawkery. That's just Greyhawk, E-R-Y, greyhawkery.blogspot.com. Over there, uh, Mike Bridges put up a post that I thought was kind of interesting. It is taking some of the Greyhawk Wars items and updating them for 5e. If you don't know what Greyhawk Wars is, it was kind of after that, you know, original Gygax era, um, pre-wars Greyhawk, kind of classic era Greyhawk. It's kind of like a box set, kind of like a war game, board game, closer to a war game, really, um, that kind of let you play out all the various conflicts that were kind of set up to, you know, be on the verge of happening in the original Greyhawk stuff. So um, he, uh, this person says that uh, they're going to present some interestingly original Greyhawk items from the Greyhawk Wars box set. And uh, so they update a few of them. So it's just a, it's not a long post, but just something cool. If you want some unique magic items to use in your 5e game, uh, you can go and check that out as well. Uh, I did want to give a shout out to Tim Brannon of the Other Side blog. That's uh, the Other Side Tim S Brannon B R A N N A N dot com. So the Other Side blog, um, very prolific blogger um, and uh, creator, uh, does a lot of 
different witch-related products for various game systems. Um, he's done some cool stuff recently. I noticed that he was doing a featured artist post um, recently uh, where he features different artists, and I thought that was a really cool way to support people. Um, and so I wanted to mention that, that I noticed um, they were doing that. And then um, also continuing the read-throughs of Dragon Magazine. Um, Tim was one of the inspirations. Tim, along with old Grognardia blog, uh, was kind of inspiration of me doing my polyhedron read-throughs because uh, Tim also did um, a lot of uh, read-throughs of the old White Dwarf uh, magazine, the early ones. Anyway, so Tim has new posts up on, uh, calls them This Old Dragon. So read-throughs on Dragon Magazine, which are always cool to check out. And it really helps you uh, pinpoint ones you might want to collect. Um, and then I thought the featured artist posts were really classy, really, really nice. I thought that was neat. I also wanted to mention a site that I had in my blog role for a while, but hadn't spent much time on, but it's called 4HNHexes. Just 4HNHexes.blogspot.com. So it's not the number four, it's F-O-R-H-I-N-H-E-X-E-S.blogspot.com. You know, we all do a little bit of world building as GMs, um, but man, this is like world building on acid here. Uh, this person, uh, their name is Shelby Maddox, and you know, they started this blog to do this world creation and they take it to the, I mean, minutia, unbelievable, uh, developing generators to mix Arabic and Somali names to come up with Orcish names, um, all kinds of, uh, mathematical equations for, for this, the infrastructure, um, how much manganese is getting mined and that sort of thing. So if you want to see how far down the rabbit hole you can go on, uh, world creation, this was just, uh, it's an unbelievable read. A lot of it, it completely goes over my head because it is, uh, using a lot of mathematical equations and various software and, um, statistics and theory and uh, but it was fascinating nonetheless uh, I mean there's a whole post just on placing iron ore and creating algorithms to place iron ore in your world so if that sounds like something you want to spend some time on and just kind of marvel at the detail go check out 4hinhexes.blogspot.com I also noticed um, some lesser known or maybe more obscure or you know, just not as popular games getting support, um, some support this week. So I thought I would mention that over at uh, polyhedralnonsense.wordpress.com. Again, polyhedralnonsense.wordpress.com. Um, they have put up some stuff for Starships and Spacemen 2nd Edition, which is a game put out by Goblinoid Games of Labyrinth Lord fame. It's a, basically like a Star Trek feeling game um, with um, kind of OSR original D&D-ish sort of mechanics. Um, so Star Trek is definitely um, something that really never goes out of style. Uh, but with uh, Modifius's new uh, system, with the new show, um, there's certainly just a lot of popularity um, in the RPG community for 
for Star Trek. So if you're looking at different Star Trek systems, wondering what you want to do, you might uh, take a look at Starships and Spacemen 2nd Edition. Anyway, over at uh, Polyhedral Nonsense, they have put up a homemade GM screen, a character creation cheat sheet, and a form-fillable character sheet for it. So if you're looking at it and want some free resources, I would definitely go over there and check it out. Also, over at dungeonspossums.blogspot.com, you might see uh, um, this person around on social media, Dungeons and Possums. Anyway, uh, they put up a post called Thoughts on, on Talislanta. And uh, I never played Talislanta. I think, like most people that have even just a vague memory of seeing it advertised in Dragon Magazine, it always just says no elves. That's like the heading. Like the claim to fame is that there's no elves in the setting. Um, but anyway, um, Dungeons and Possums put up this uh, nice overview, kind of detailed uh, look. Um, you know, not too detailed to where it's not readable. Uh, a great overview of the game, um, how the different editions changed. You know, they've even, I uh, saw a, uh, they're, they put out a fifth edition. I don't know if it was. Um, a hack, uh, let's see, uh, but there's a version out there anyway for D&D &D 5e that I'm pretty sure I saw floating around, I don't know if that's official or not, but all this stuff is um, available for a free download still, and it's been rolling for, uh, you know, 30 plus years, um, so anyway, it's got links to download the stuff for free, um, it's got details about it that go into more, uh, than just, uh, the fact that there are no elves there. So, uh, if you remember Talislana or we're always kind of curious about it, go over to dungeonspossums.blogspot.com and have a look at that. Uh, finally, uh, I saw over at therantingsavant.blogspot.com, that's therantingsavant.blogspot.com, um, this person, uh, just referring to themselves as the Ranting Savant, uh, does a lot of posts about the old game Twilight 2000, which was a kind of a post-apocalyptic or post-nuclear war game um, originally published in 1984 by Game Designers Workshop. So it is uh, kind of one of these um, uh, post-apocalyptic survival sort of games set in the aftermath of World War III. Uh, that you definitely don't hear get mentioned too often anymore, but they have put up all kinds of cool resources and thoughts, uh, hex maps of Poland um, for use in the game. Um, it goes on and on, pregens, vehicle cards. So if that's a game you played when you were younger or maybe you're still playing, uh, had a lot of love for it or are looking for resources. I, this is what one of the things that really displays exactly what I love about RPG blogs. People with their passions or things that they love, having a way to get it out there for people to look at. So um, I think this is just awesome. Um, it makes me want to try the game. But anyway, uh, I was thinking if there's any uh, listeners out there, if you've uh, spent any time playing Twilight 2000, if you've got the uh, Anchor app, send me a message, or you can just email me, frothsof, frothsof at gmail.com. Let me know. I'd love to follow up with anybody or talk more about Twilight 2000, because looking at this stuff is just fascinating to me. So, uh, so <clears throat> excuse me, 
Got a little hiccup there. Uh, on the kind of mechanics front, I was looking at Damon games. This is D, I believe it's Damon, it might be Diamond, but D A I M O N dash games. Damongames.blogspot.com. Uh, this person put up an interesting post called Careers. And what it does is um, it features several different links to uh, other blogs talking about how they handle backgrounds for new characters. And I've seen some discussions around um, some that were polite, some not so polite, unfortunately, uh, about you know how much backstory you want to have for brand new characters. One of the things I love about um, Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition, I love the backgrounds uh, mechanic. When I run Five E, I have my players come up with their own background. I think it's a great way to um, kind of set the tone for your character what kind of things you're you know, linked to, what your motivations are, and give yourself a, a little mechanical benefit too. Uh, but this has got links to talking about backstories, traits, bonds with other characters, background professions, you know, failed careers they might have had, um, different occupations in medieval times, and um, all kinds of cool stuff. So if you... Um, you want some different ideas on how to maybe handle backstories and uh, prior experience and previous careers and things like that in your games. This is a definitely a really good read. So you go over to Damon dash games, D A I M O N dash games dot blogspot.com and check that out. Finally, uh, finally, uh, you know, you knew I wasn't going to let D&D's 45th birthday go by without mentioning it. I'm sure you've seen uh, lots of tweets, lots of blog posts, stuff on social media about um, the 45th anniversary of the game. And uh, really the preeminent scholar, in my opinion, on um, the history of Dungeons & Dragons, if there is one person you could point to, it would be John Peterson. They do the playingattheworld.blogspot.com blog. They also um, wrote a book, Playing at the World, which is on my nightstand table. Unbelievable scholarship. It do, it's not like reading a novel. It's uh, more like a, I don't want to say textbook. It's fascinating, but it is very detailed, very well researched. It's kind of like, for me, the first edition DMG, you can open to any page and there's something interesting to read. This book is that way. Uh, there's some kind of interesting anecdote about Gygax and Arneson or the history of games. Um, it's an unbelievable book. So if you've never um, picked up playing at the world and you're interested at all in the history of Dungeons and Dragons, I would recommend it wholeheartedly. But um, John put up a post called D&D's 45th birthday that has some unbelievable um, scanned images of artifacts, including a note from Gary Gygax to Arneson saying the rules of D&D only a few days from printing look great. Best Gary, uh, as well as the trademark, uh, office registration for Dungeons and Dragons, and uh, it puts up kind of a discussion about when um, the actual anniversary day would be, and uh, a little bit kind of history on that. So there are so many posts about this, but I decided to put John's up simply because his his scholarship's amazing, fascinating. Um, if you like uh, reading about the history of D and D, go to playingattheworld.blogspot.com. He also is one of the co-authors on the new Art and Arcana book. Uh, the set is just unbelievably beautiful. I bought one for myself for the holidays. Uh, I had to get the special edition so I could get that Tuma Horrors thing with it. So go over there and check that out and, uh, and, and give it a read. 
Okay, so that is what I had for you all today on the Hump Day Bloggerama. Hope you enjoyed it. I definitely enjoyed putting it together for you all. Um, really, like I said at the beginning, I'm really enjoying doing this series. It, it's a lot of fun for me. I love reading RPG blogs and trying to point people at cool stuff or just discussing stuff I find interesting. Um, I'd love if you want to connect with me. I just, uh, over like the last week, actually um, set up a Twitter account. Um, I'm Frothsoff on Twitter. That's just Froth, S-O-F, uh, on there. And uh, I'd love to connect with um, anybody that's blogging or podcasting, streaming, creating stuff, uh, writing, and uh, doing anything for role-playing games. That's just my passion, something I love. So I'd love to connect with you on there. Um, people can also always email me at Frothsoff. Again, Froth, S-O-F, at gmail.com. You can check out the Thought Eater blog. It's frothsoffdnd.blogspot.com. Um, and uh, if you if you use Anchor, you can send me a voicemail on here. If you don't, this podcast is, is available uh, with Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify. It should be easy to find on a lot of different platforms. Um, and if you enjoy it, hey, do me a favor. Share it with someone. Let somebody know. Uh, if you think somebody would be interested in what I'm talking about, um, that would be a, a, a great thing uh, for me. It help me reach more people and, and uh, share things that are interesting to me. So anyway, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a great rest of the week, and I will talk to you soon.